Good morning, everyone. Welcome to an exciting adventure. We uh, have seven folks joining us virtually, and we've got six of us, well, I guess nine of us if we count our facilitators. They're here today in Oklahoma City. And our goal is going to be to uh, really review and introduce a wide variety of different applications that can be used for iPad and for iPhone and iPod Touch. We've got some experts here on new apps like texting apps and other things. I know we've got uh, educators here. I, I think pretty most of the folks that are here are all educators that are both virtually as well as face-to-face. And so um, we're going to do our best to try and make things uh, accessible, both for those folks that are here face-to-face as well as those that are joining us online. I will apologize that... The Prairie Gypsies are not in operation this week, so those of us that are face-to-face are having City Bite lunches, which are going to be delivered by my wife, and we just got a variety of choices because after filling out your wonderful survey form, the uh, Prairie Gypsies lady was just so apologetic that they, they couldn't help us today. But um, we're going to break about 12 for lunch. I plan to take about 45 minutes and then finish up by 3, so we'll also take a break about 10.30 or so. So um, the folks from uh, we've got folks from Asher and we've got um, folks from Bethany. Are you both from Bethany? Or okay. So why don't we just really quick and I want to point out a couple things. We need to get everybody's devices probably online. That might be the first uh, objective. And Megan is here to help us if my young facilitators are not able to uh, to get us on. Um, you have a couple websites that the main one that you probably want to set as your homepage for today is um, from our uh, wiki.westfriar.com site. And when you click on workshops at the very bottom, there's a link for handouts. And we are on the handout for iOS apps for productivity and fun. And iOS does refer to all three devices, iPods, uh, iPod Touches, iPhones, and iPads. And the majority of applications we'll be talking about today work on all of those applications. If you have not already, there is a new link that's at uh, number four under workshop resources that says, please complete this short iOS interest survey. And it has a little Christmas package at the top. So if you have not filled that out just by rating from one to five, um, which apps you are most interested in, you can go ahead and fill that out. And that is a, um, a Google survey, of a Google form, and we've got seven of you, both here in Oklahoma City as well as um, virtually, who have responded. And so um, we've got high interest in productivity, moderate in photo and video, moderate in photo editing, very high interest in digital storytelling. Uh, moderate in audio, moderate in news, moderate in media upload, um, a couple people not very interested in social or travel, um, e-texts, very interested, um, high for media consumption, not very high on games, not, oh, I know, Sarah, I'm sorry, <laughs> shocking, <laughs> not very high on music and art, very high on utilities, um, it looks like we got a big spectrum on geography and math. All right, so we will take those uh results into consideration here as we take take a look at our applications. One of the challenges that you have, that we all have, as we teach with 
an iPhone or an iPod Touch is the fact that the devices do not currently support video out for all applications. It's really limited as far as what it supports um, that, we can, that we can share. So we have two different ways that we're going to be sharing our screens today. And um, the, the primary way that we'll be sharing the iPad screen um, is going to be just through a document camera that we've set up to the side. So um, technology always works differently once we get connected. So I think hooking up to an external projector has kind of thrown my, my setup here for a little bit of a, of a flickering loop. So we'll see, uh, we'll see how this is going to work. But what I have done is, um, and it seems like every time I make that switch, it stalls our, our stream for a little bit. Um, we'll see if this is going to come back and be live. Is I've connected a camera over here to um, the computer, and there are different programs that can be used to share your screen um, or to be able to share video live. And this is just the iChat application that is open um, to be able to show the um, show the screen live which is not a great image, but is, is kind of the best that we, were, that we were able to do. There's another way that we'll be able to share um, screens as well. And it may be, I don't know, um, but it may be, uh, for those of you that are, are viewing, we've got our iSight camera here. I, my goal is for you to be able to be in the application and be able to use most of these applications as we are taking a look at them, um, if you've loaded them up. So... Um, why don't we, just for those of us that are face-to-face -face here in Oklahoma City, actually, I need to mention one other thing. Um, we have a back channel, and um, I'm putting into the, the chat um, how our audio is. The back channel that I've used previously for these workshops is called Chatsy, and it's actually a great option. Um, I did pay $12, but it gives you a private channel and a custom address. We can have as many people as we want. Hey, but guess what? Chatsy's not working this morning. So I created a link to an Etherpad document. And the disadvantage, thank you, Ivana, for telling us the audio is great on the far end. Um, please do... Um, submit your questions and chime in in the back channel as, as we go through the day. Um, and we'll hopefully avoid disconnections with, with our iChat. But for you all to know, when you're in a setting where your students have access to a keyboard, Etherpad is a, is a nice tool for, for, for having a back channel. And it has two different areas. It has the area up here in the, in the right side where we can kind of have a chat just like that. Hi, how's the audio? How's such and such? And then we can build a document over here on the side kind of like we would with the Google document. So that is good to be able to have. Let's um, have you, if you're in the back channel, and, and virtually just uh, tell us briefly uh, who you are and where you are and uh, what your educational focus is. And we'll go around real quick in the room, and then we'll, we'll jump into some apps. So would one of our Asher guests want to start out? Whitney, will you begin? Yeah, I'm Whitney Allen. Uh, I am uh, currently the elementary principal at Asher Public School, um, and I am just... Uh, 
And you all have received some iPads. We just recently purchased an iPad card with 25 iPads and a MacBook Pro. And this is part of our professional development. Uh, kind of to uh, basically implementing the use of these in the classroom. Excellent. Workshops or learning uh, with the iPad. This is the first one. Yeah. Okay. And when did you get the iPads? October, November. Okay. So right before the semester, at about a month. Were you able to did you use them with students yet? We haven't. You know, as the, the logistics of studying oh, yeah. administratively. Absolutely. And you know, at, at studying at a school and iTunes and and trying to figure out how you're Oh, yeah. It's very complicated in terms of... So, yes, between our technology meetings and between the overall organization, it does take some time to get these implemented and get going. Absolutely. Well, we can talk about some of those questions and issues, too, and ideas. And we've got in our virtual chat as well... You know, folks with different experiences using iPads and, and implementing them, you know, on carts and things like that. So part of what I hope to do is connect you all to different resources as well as what we're going to be talking about here so that you've got places to go and people to talk to with the questions that will continue to come up. So. Okay. Their ages are um, eleven and ten. Okay. All right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Dana Owen Salon. I'm at UCO in College of Education, and so always looking for uh, new ways to implement new technologies and hopefully an effective way. That's right. <laughs> Very good. And how about our facilitators here? And he's being paid to help out, so don't don't hesitate to raise your hand, and we'll we've got Megan to assist us as far as our technical um, login and things like that. But Alexander is a paid facilitator today. Sarah. I'm Sarah, and I am a paid. Elementary, and I hope to go to class. And I have my test on the day to get back from school, and then I have my um, other test. 
And how, what grade are you in? I'm in fifth grade. Fifth grade, okay. So, and why were you uh, more excited than you were before Christmas to perhaps think about doing this? Alexander, what grade are you in? Did you get any new devices or anything like that over the holiday? Alexander, did you? What are your devices? Actually, Dad's inherited iPhones. I got Mom's inherited iPhones. <laughs> Which isn't activated yet, so it's an iPod Touch right now. So, uh, if we look at our back channel, we'll give some voice to folks that are there. We've got Ivana, who's the principal of Cibola Green Elementary in Northeast ISD in San Antonio. We have Candace Fig, who's near Niagara Falls in Ontario, Canada. We have got Robin and Tammy from Raleigh, North Carolina. They're reading specialists with the Wake County School System. And we have Cindy Danner Kuhn, who's from Kansas State University. She's um, uh, put her name in there. Uh, and as I think some of you figured out, you can, you can do that up at the top if you want. Uh, Steve is a high school tech coordinator in Southern California, just outside L.A. So pretty exciting that we can have a workshop here face-to-face, but be joined by folks um, remotely. I have a question. Yes, go right ahead with your question. All right, Sarah will come over and, and help you. It should be up here. <laughs> should be up here in the upper right corner beside your color. So it will give you a color. And please do just continue to jump in like that to to be able to share, or I mean, to be able to ask questions as we go along. Um, the link that we have for our workshop, and let me also say, the Etherpad has a limit of. 15 people in the, in the chat simultaneously. If you're here face-to-face, don't feel like you've got to get in there. If you want to, you can. But it's, it's particularly there for our remote participants to be able to uh, ask questions and interact because this Ustream broadcast is a one-way video and audio broadcast. It appears that our... Um, our signal today, and we may make an adjustment over the break. Uh, we may get another tripod. I've got another camera, and we may we may uh, tweak this a little bit. Um, it's not liking us to, I don't know, to do a whole lot of, of camera switching. So what I may end up doing, and this may not be optimal um, for our remote folks, but I may rather than screen share, just stay on this uh, video, the camera that we've got here, and. Um, We'll, we'll work on maybe zooming that over, over our, our break to be able to show the screen. But what I'm going to start off with uh, in terms of an app is I'm going to uh, go to an app called Flipboard. And the iPad, first of all, I guess, let's say, was not designed with specifically education in mind. It's designed with the consumer in mind. And that's why I know as some of you here that are here from Asher are, are learning um, there are some different adjustments that you need to make when you're going to be using it in an educational setting because in an individual college sort of setting, everybody's got their own device, they've got their own accounts. That's pretty easy. Uh, it becomes a little more complicated when we have it in, in a shared cart setting. It doesn't mean it's not you know, possible to do. It certainly is, but there's some other things that um, we have to do to, to set that up. So Flipboard is... I would say the sexiest app that I've seen on the iPad because it is so wonderful for uh, being able to consume content. And that's probably what the iPad primarily was designed to do. Flipboard is free. 
and it allows you to subscribe to a variety of channels. What I've got open here, and um, I know that that is not an optimal uh, screen size there for you in the on the remote side, but I, I think that if I switch, it seems like we're stalling our... Um, our image a little bit. So if you don't have the Flipboard app on your iPad, um, I guess from a from a basic standpoint, how many how many of you have downloaded an app before from for your iPad? All right. So we've got a few people who haven't. All of your apps that are on your iPad or your iPhone are going to be downloadable through the App Store. And currently on my screen, I have my icons organized in different folders, and we'll talk about how to, how to move those around and do those. But in order to get to an application quickly, one of the fastest ways to do that is to use uh, what's called Spotlight. So you've got different screens, but when you flip all the way over to the left side, you get a search window with a keyboard at the bottom, and you can type things and search for them. So if I just go to the, that uh, spotlight, and then I put in app and click App Store, that's going to open up Apple's official App Store, and you're going to need to be online in order to uh, view these different apps. And there are at the bottom different choices that you can click, like Featured and Genius. And in the upper right corner... You have got, sorry, you can just kind of wander behind them and see if anybody needs help. You've got the opportunity to be able to search. So that, this would probably be a good thing to do if you haven't done that already, is go into the App Store, and you can put in an app like Flipboard, and it's going to be able to search for it. So this is one way that you can get apps on your iPad, is you can actually go to the App Store, you can search for the app that you want or just browse to the app that you want, and then you can choose to install it. There are also links online that will show you an app link directly, and it'll go right to that page. And that's what I've done on our, web, on our website for today's workshop, is all of the apps we're using are directly linked. So if you go to that um, page on our, uh, for our workshop wiki, you'll be able to go directly to that app. And let me, let me just show you that as an example. Um, another app that you're going to use a whole lot is the Safari application. And Safari is a web browser which allows you to go to different Internet web pages. A lot of you are probably used to using Internet Explorer if you have Windows computers. And Apple has their own web browser called Safari, and there are some advantages to using Safari when you have an iOS device, because you can do things like synchronize bookmarks and other things like that, but most web pages should look the same, they don't always, but they should look pretty much the same whether you are on a, um, whether you're in Safari or an Internet Explorer, Chrome, or anything like that. One of the things that is good about web browsing in Safari is that you can zoom in. And this is called the pinch. So when you, because this is a multi-touch device and you can put more than one finger down at a time, you can zoom in so that you can make things larger. And so uh, that's actually handy, um, you know, when I'm going to want to show a link, like I'm going to click here on my workshops link. 
I know Dr. Owens is here, and sometimes I'll zoom in on my Mac, and it's kind of like you're at the IMAX theater, you know, rushing around. It's a little less, perhaps, dramatic when you're doing that with your pinch. Um, but again, in order to do this, you're going to need to have some kind of a document camera. I did post today, and you're probably not going to want one that has duct tape on it. You're going to want a better situation. Does anyone know how much document cameras cost? I bet Dr. Owens DeLong does because she's ordering for the college. You have a, $239. Really? Awesome. I was thinking it was more like a thousand bucks. Yeah, so they can be very expensive, but yeah, so around $250. So you really might want to consider investing in a document camera because being able to do a demo like I'm doing here um, is, is really important. And while there are other ways to get to applications, I mean, there's other ways to, to do video out, um, this, is, this is probably going to be um, your best way. Now... Let me mention, oh. that there is an adapter available for the iPad, which Apple sells. It looks like this, and it is a, a VGA connector, so you'd hook it up to your TV or, or your projector or whatever, but this only supports applications that send their video out, like Netflix, like the photo um, application, the video application, things like that. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't support everything. So uh, I think that this is good to have, but unless you actually jailbreak your device, which we're not going to get into how to do today. The FCC says it's legal. They said it this summer. But the only way to get every Every app to show is to do something uh, technical and, and more than what we're going to talk about today. So my recommendation would be to take a look at a document camera solution um, similar to, to what we're doing. Yeah, not a duct tape solution, as Sarah said, um, but something like that that's going to allow you to um, project your devices. So here we are on our page for today, and I've opened this on my iPad. So these apps are all directly linked to their respective pages on the iTunes or in the iTunes store or in the app store. And so the second one that we have linked here is called Flipboard. And when we click that link, it's going to actually take us out of Safari and immediately take us to the app store to that particular application. Most of the applications we'll be talking about today are free. There are some that are going to be paid apps, um, and we've got them in those different categories to just, you know, try and think about what we're going to do with these devices and how, um, how we're going to use them. Let me say at the outset, I probably shouldn't be surprised, but continue to be rather um, distressed that at conferences that I've been to recently with technology, I frequently hear things like, well, we're just going to buy these and see what happens. <laughs> you know? Or we're to, we don't know if these will be good or not, but we're just going to see. We don't, you know, or these make an impact. There's really good research that shows what makes an impact on student achievement. Um, and technology alone will not, does not, increase student achievement. It's all about how you use the devices and what you choose to do with it. And amplifying good teaching is the best way to use technology. So we'll talk about applications today that are going to let our students publish information, 
uh, collaboratively write, um, share pictures, edit pictures, be able to do things with media and create. My personal bias is that I think any kind of electronic device needs to not just be used to consume and take in and read and watch, but to create, because as kids create, they're going to be learning more. But with that being said, let's talk about different applications that let us consume, because that is what the iPad probably does best. So this is the, the Flipboard application in the App Store. I have organized my apps that have to do with news in a folder that's called RSS. And that's, you don't have to do that. You can just call your folder news. And, and we can talk um, a little bit later about how to organize ourselves in folders. But Flipboard is probably my favorite app because it provides such a great visual way to explore the web. Thank you, Megan. Um, as an example, how many of you are on Facebook here? All right. So just about everybody who's over 13, uh, except one. Um, so I have a link to my Facebook here inside Flipboard, and while I can definitely, you know, I definitely do use Facebook to stay in touch with family and friends, I also have a lot of, know a lot of people who share links and resources that I read and videos I watch and, and things like that. Flipboard provides a visual way to explore those links and those articles, so... Um, as I kind of flip through these, of course, I'm kind of giving a lot of, putting a lot of faith in my uh, Facebook network here because I don't know what's going to, you know, show up here. Um, here's um, a website. Here's a link called Teachers Matter, but so do words. Um, and I can click on this link. And what it's going to let me do is click the, a link to view this on the Internet. And I can then do things with this uh, like I was inside the Facebook application. Like there's a link at the top with a little thumb up to like it on Facebook. I can also click a link here at the top um, to send it some different places, to post it. One of the best things that the iPad, or the, one of the easiest ways to share content from the iPad is to use email. And one of the things that I'll recommend to you if you're using the iPad with students is that at a minimum you have a shared account for the students to use that you set up on some kind of an email service. And probably the best scenario is um, for students to have their own email account. Now, that's going to look different because you may have those iPads that people are going to check out and you know, it may be easier to have a shared account in the case of your Azure uh, iPad since you guys have it on a cart. But the point is, a lot of applications let you send things out through email. And so um, one of the applications I'll talk about today for blogging is called Posterous, and it works mainly through email. Anything you can email goes onto the Posterous site. So that is one way that you could have students, for instance, doing research on the iPad, and then they could have those articles and those links go onto a page where they're collecting them, kind of like a bucket, and they would collect their research links, but they'd go onto a posturous blog that they've set up. How to exactly set all that up may be something that we'll visit about afterwards in detail, but I want you to know that's possible, and it's one of the best ways that I have found to be able to share 
uh, information and collect it that you get on the on the iPad. Um, of course, we can not only share uh, articles, we can also share photos and we can share videos. That's my Facebook. Um, here's an example of a Twitter list that I follow. So. <sighs> Flipboard has a variety of different generic channels that are published by mainstream media folks like Wired Magazine and National Geographic and the USA Today, those kinds of things. You can add one of those channels to your Flipboard by clicking the button that says Add a Section, and there's all these different choices for what you would like. I could add Skiing Magazine. I could add... Um, different kinds of news applications. There's all these different categories. So USA Today, the New York Times, um, White House photos, any of those. Let me go ahead and click White House photos and I'll add it to show how that works. Currently, Flipboard allows you to have two different pages that you can flip through and see. And when I've added a section, it has a little thumbnail icon and I can click on it and it will make it large. So these are all photographs. And let's, Alexander and Sarah, what? Well, yeah, let's go ahead and close the blinds and see if that, that's going to help out a little bit better. The other thing, and I'll try this. Um, this is a little Mac thing that I learned for today. There's a, um, that's better, a little bit. There's a, an application called Eyeglasses, which works with a lot of webcams and lets you address brightness. The, the key for me today was rotation. If I didn't have this application rotating our cam, this is what we'd be looking at on the screen, okay? Because my camera's sitting over here, but, you know, you don't want to look at it that way. So that's something on a little technical note, but it's called eyeglasses. Yeah, just the, le the letter I in front of glasses. It's a little $10 app. I'm actually using it in the free seven-day demo, so I'm not paying for it. Um, but I think I probably will. It allows us to adjust a whole variety of different things on a webcam, um, like brightness, like color and contrast, um, and even zoom in and pan. Um, you can notice that the resolution, I mean, I can zoom in. It, it, the resolution's not great um, when I zoom in, but anyway, that's how I'm doing that. So this is an example. So here's, you know, a photograph uh, taken on December 17th at, at the White House. Uh, being able to have this kind of access to images is a great thing, and uh, let me ask you a question. So here's a picture of something that's on the Internet. How could I save that image? I've already told you that you can click up in the corner and email the link, so you can send it to your own email address, or you can email it to Apostra site. Sarah, how would be – I've got a hand raised here in the front row. And we'll, we'll ask our back channel, too. What are the ways that you all know to be able to uh, – capture that. In fact, I'm, I'm going to start in the back channel, ways to capture media on an iPad. You can press the um, button and uh, the power button. Power button, and you can take a picture. Okay, so this is a really wonderful thing to know that in any application that you're in, you can take a screen capture of exactly what's on the screen by pressing what button, Sarah? The home and the power. 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 Yeah, the home and the power button. 
So if you, when you press both of those buttons simultaneously, what that does is it places a copy of what you have just had on your screen into your photo album on your device. So there is, on everybody's device, an icon that looks like a sunflower, and it has pictures that you've saved. And the last one that I just did, there it is, the White House picture. And so that's not at a super high resolution, but that is one way, <coughs> pardon me, to be able to save, save things off of your device. All right? Now, one of the things that you will find, if you haven't already, is that it's oftentimes good to save things at a higher resolution rather than a low resolution. And so... What you might want to do, instead of just taking a screenshot, and we're going to talk today about some applications that will let us crop, because if we take a screenshot, we've got more than we needed. You know, I got the picture, but I also got all that white space. So I'll show you a little bit later how to, how to crop that. You can also get larger versions of images, and in the case of the White House, they're publishing their pictures on the website Flickr, and so here's a large 1024 by 683 image. I can even get a bigger size picture of that. And it's going to load up. And what would we do on our regular desktop PC or, or computer if we wanted to save a picture? How would we do that? Right-click. We would right-click it. That's right. So what do you think we're going to do on an iPad? Yeah, that's right. We're going to use our mouse, which is our finger, okay? So when you hold, hold down um, your finger on, um, on an image, you are going to probably be able to have a, the copy um, option for copy and paste. And so you can choose copy. That image has now been copied into our clipboard, so we could paste it into another application that we were using. Now, the iPad is not perfect for multitasking, which means using in multiple apps, but it's better than it used to be. And, um, you know, I, I am using it more um, for, for instance, writing blog posts, getting links and things like that, and then writing text and, and moving between applications. Every time you move between an application, you're going to press the home button, all right? The home button is going to take us back to our entry screen, and now we can choose the application that we would paste it in. If we're using an application like Pages, which is not free, but it's a commercial application, um, we could paste that in. I think that if I'm in email, I haven't actually tried this, uh, this particular method, um, but I'm in my email, and I'm going to create a new message. If I, and I better not go too fast. Let me slow down. What I'm wanting to do is to get into some kind of an application where I can paste that picture. All right. I, I held down my finger on it. I got the copy, which I can copy text and I can copy images. Now that I'm in my email, if I hold down my finger, it should give me a choice of selecting or pasting. And when I choose paste, oh, look at that. It pasted the picture that I copied off the Internet. So that is an example of copy and paste as one way to 
um, save text. So over here in our back channel, very good. We've got who's who's yellow in our. It looks like it's either Ginny or Tiffany. I think it's Ginny. Yep, Ginny. Type it in. So she does screen capture. Um, I'm going to put copy. Well, I, let's just delegate responsibility for this to our remote viewers. So if you if you all want to go ahead and type type this into our uh, back channel. I will copy what we're doing here as far as notes, and I'll email a link to you following the workshop that will have these, and this is a good place for us to, to take notes together. Um, copying a picture and then pasting it into a program that accepts images is another way uh, to be able to, to uh, get media or, or to collect media. Uh, the mail application comes with the iPad. For your situation in the cart, have you all worked out how you want to handle email or how that's going to work? No. I would probably think a shared account for those iPads is going to be the best idea. Um, the, the dis- there's a lot of disadvantages to that, right, with anonymity because, you know, anybody's going to be able to send anything. You're not going to know who did what. Um, you've got those kinds of issues. From a simplicity standpoint, it's going to be easier to create, let's say, one Gmail account. It's going to be uh, the iPad cart account. And then have that as the email account that's in there. And mainly use it to send out, right? Because if that is configured on the iPad, then um, anybody who uses that is going to be able to send out. I'm going to put in here as another uh, topic... Uh, ways to handle email on an iPad or iPod Touch cart. And I'm going to put share Gmail account. Again, the best scenario for having any kind of mobile device, in my view, is for everybody to have their own because then they've got their own account and they've got their own, you know, login and all that. But I. I definitely wouldn't. I would separate it. Because anything you're using administratively, you're not going to want to give uh, students direct access to, to control. Because if they have direct access to that account, then they can, they can virtually behave as if they were the administrator of that account. So I would recommend having a separate student account that is just going to be for the iPad. And you're going to need to talk with students about the responsibility that goes with a shared account. And, you know... How all that how, how all that's going to work, um, and so let's and we'll invite other people who are who are viewing to kind of chime in if you've got other ideas. Okay, Dana, started, do you? Have, no, I'm not. No. Okay. You started with Flipboard. Yep. As being a place to, to get media. To, to just get media, mm-hmm. being a place where you could have all-in-one shopping. It is it is my favorite place for for consuming media because of how it not only lets you subscribe to more professionally created media channels like CNN. So you say consuming media, which just mainly means uh, seeing like a newspaper article. Right. Or getting, getting in whatever, whatever today's news is. Yep, reading it or collecting pictures. I'm doing research about um, the military in Afghanistan, and so I want to you know, find some photographs that have to do with that as a place to get that information. Yes. So Flipboard, you, you could Google Reader is a option inside Flipboard. So it, it works the same. 
No, it's different. What, what Flipboard is, is an aggregator. And it lets you get different channels of information, and then it shows those channels for you in this real nice, you know, sexy uh, interface. Google Reader, uh, which is a great tool to use, and here's an example, is a news reader that I use, and I think you do too, to subscribe to a lot of different news feeds. This is a, another way to consume my Google Reader information. And I'm going to show you several apps that will do that. And so by adding a channel and logging into my Google account, articles that I've subscribed to inside Google Reader show up here inside Flipboard. Uh, and that's a good, does he, who, who has other metaphors for this? Um, because I think metaphors are a good way to try to understand things. Um, it reminds me, okay, how about a shopping mall? Okay. You can go to the mall and you have all your favorite stores right there. Okay. Right, and there's different ways to shop, right? Like, Sarah, where do you like to shop? At Aeropostale. So we could go to the mall, to the Aeropostale store. We could go online to access the Aeropostale content. Is there any other way we could get to Aeropostale? Do they have a catalog, maybe? Okay, so those are three different ways of accessing the same content. They have a channel of content, and you can get to it in different ways. The apps we're talking about in the news category are kind of that same way. They're another okay, so method of... Flipboard and applied it to Asher. So, you teach high school. And so if you had Flipboard and all the students have an iPad, I would encourage you to, to use it in a platform agnostic way. In other words, let me pick up any of the devices. You can. You can do that to say you're assigned 17, and maybe that's going to be better from an accountability standpoint. From a management standpoint, it, it'll be possible to do it either way. You can have it where you're 17, that's what you're getting every time, and you'll customize yours a little more. You know, but if, if it's a situation where these are floating between multiple classes, it's probably better to have it where you've got a shared email account that's on there, and they're going to, for instance, email themselves their own, their own stuff. They're going to post their own stuff to their posturists or, or something like that to be able to collect their information. In that way, it won't matter if 17 didn't get charged last night and it's not available. They can pick up any device and be able to use it. They would send it, right. So this kind of takes, there's two levels here. Media consumption would just be, I'm looking at my pictures, I'm, you know, reading articles, stuff like that. But then I'm going to do something with it. I'm going to copy part of it and save it. I'm going to, you know, take that picture and put that somewhere. So that's the, the active part of it. And so you could definitely just be on Safari and browse the web and get content there on web pages. But apps are going to give you benefits that you don't get from just the web browser. And so um, Flipboard, what, what I would encourage you to use, and, and Whitney's used Google Reader, is you can set up a Google Reader category. Let me show you how this will work. I'm going to say add a section. 
And because I have created a Google Reader account and I've logged in, so again, that's why a Gmail account would work really nice for your, your iPad um, cart because you could create these categories. Um, if I'm logged in, it should show me all of my sections inside Google Reader and let me subscribe to separate ones. So I could make a category in Google Reader for my class. I could say this is Friar Science Spring 11 or whatever I wanted to code it. And then that particular, um, that particular feed I can have here inside Flipboard. Here's an example. I've got right here my education folder. So these are all the blogs that I subscribe to from different teachers. And there's a, bu there's a bunch of them. But it's a customized channel. And I've been able to create it and customize it. And this lets my students access it in, um, I don't know, what's a better word than sexy? In a flashy way. <laughs> in a cool way, you know. In, an eye, in a way that has a lot of eye candy, okay. A dazzling way. And it's in a free way, right? Because it's all free. Flipboard is free. Google Reader is free. And the other thing that's awesome about that particular method is you can continue to tweak the channel, right? So you've got a category for your class. Oh, I just found this on Nova. You know, here's a great article about, you know, cancer research. And I want to subscribe to this, you know, this research lab or something like that. You can add those channels of information, and that's, that's a transformative way to use this device. We could all get a USA Today newspaper and pass it out and read it. But we wouldn't be able to easily grab pictures, grab text, save those, and then, you know, research with it in the same way that we can with the iPad. So using Google Reader with Flipboard is a, is a good way to do that. That is correct. And so what I'm going to show you next is another aggregator that's available on both. It's called Reader, which will do a similar thing. But I'm starting with Flipboard because, like I mentioned, it's like the flashiest, I think, most, it's, it's the most amazing app I've seen on the iPad as far as consuming media. They just came out with a new version, uh, Flipboard, maybe in the last two weeks. For your own personal account, I would encourage you, if you've got a, a, an iPad to use personally, you know, you can, you can have your Facebook. Why would I never want to put my Facebook credentials into an iPad that has, that's shared? Everybody else can see your stuff, and they can... Yes, they can share things as you, and they could write whatever they wanted, and everybody would think that it was you. So it's a very important, you know, digital citizenship skill to talk about. <coughs> Pardon me. So to to talk about what we do in a shared space and what we do in a personal space and a private space. Um, so let me give you a minute or two, and I'm going to uh, ask our folks in our virtual chat room to um, post comments. I'm going to uh, start a little timer here. My favorite online uh, stopwatch is online-stopwatch.com. This is a great site because you don't have to have any special software installed. You can use it in the full screen mode. And I'm going to give you 
60 seconds, and I'd like you to just turn to your neighbor and talk a little bit about Flipboard, what we were just talking about with uh, capturing things, and what questions do you have, or what are you thinking now about Flipboard? Go. Okay. You want to um, go next to share, share your texting app? You sure? Why don't you, um, here, why don't you come log in to that app here? A customized newspaper, okay? Because once you custom, once you customized it, it's got all your custom feeds right there to be able to access, to be able to read and then do stuff with. But before you could have a customized newspaper, you actually well, it has things already, right? So you can subscribe to White House Photos, or you can subscribe to USA Today. I don't know what the other analogy is, but instead of going to all those different sites separately, you come to your aggregator where they've already been brought together for you. So you can make the customized Facebook, the customized Google Reader. Okay, but it, I really like my, it really is my mall thing, because instead of going to Walmart, you're going to another uh-huh. store, yep. store, and another store, yep. and another store, another store. I go to one spot. You go to the mall, where they have all of them together. Yeah, but I get to say what stores are in mm-hmm. the mall. It's kind of like you create your own mall. So it's create your own mall. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So and, and, the be- and the benefit is, one, the more that you tweak it, the more you customize it, the more it meets your needs. And if you decide, oh, I don't care about that store, you know, that channel. We turned our, our timer off. Uh, did you log in? Can you log in? You log in? Okay. Um, let's, let's, do, let's, let's get a couple questions and comments, and then we're going to have our, one of our young presenters come and talk to us about a texting app that she's learned about. Um, questions or comments about Flipboard? Dr. Owens, long. Yeah. How were you explaining or paraphrasing this my with mom. our mall analogy? Okay, I'm gonna. Have, I'm still trying to fight to my mall. Okay, so I for Christmas shopping, I can go down the road to Target, then I can go down another road to Walmart, and I can go down another road to Bed Bath and Beyond, or I get to create my own mall, where it's all one under one roof, but I get to say which stores are in, and so I get to put all the resources in one spot, and I can put.
and where they go in that, you know, it's going to depend on the topic and just in the what they look at. Now, it's going to have to have a feed. Google Reader will now let you add changes to a page, but what you look for with Google Reader is a, is a feed, which is created from a website. So every website can't necessarily be put into Flipboard, but more and more sites that produce news and produce regular updates will produce a feed, and that is what you can put into your Google Reader. I mean, that's the easiest way probably to customize with research and things would be through Google Reader. And so um, that would probably be a good, you know, little workshop to do together would just be Google Reader and how can I customize it? Because Flipboard is like the, um, it's the way to see it, you know. It, it's kind of the, the last step. It replaces iPhone, but your desktop. So you send a click right. on your desktop. So mm-hmm. you know you've got It's a customized newspaper, and the more you customize it as the teacher or as the student, then the more relevant it's going to be for you in terms of your needs. Let's see what folks have said in the back channel. Um, yeah, Tiffany Thompson's pointing out that not all websites can be added to Flipboard. That is correct. Um, oh, okay. Candace is... Okay, good, yeah. I, we'll try to to echo and record, and it may, it may be, I should have uh, brought a, another area mic, perhaps. Um, we'll, we'll try to, to give voice for other things that people are saying. We're, so we're just trying to kind of get our heads around what, what, what Flipboard is and what it can do. Um, I'm going to show you one other thing, and then we're going to shift gears to Sarah. And the other thing that I want to show you responds to Dana's question about, wait a minute, this is just for the iPad? And yes, this uh, particular Flipboard application is just for the iPad. So, what about iPod Touches? What about iPhones? Um, how you know? What do we use for uh, for news readers for for them? Um, I have put on our page of links mainly applications, but under the news category, I also put a link for the Google Reader web app. And so Google Reader, we mentioned earlier, is a way that I can subscribe to updates and I can get, get news. And Google Reader actually has optimized a web page for mobile devices so that you don't need an application. You can simply go to the web page and then you'll be able to see all of the feeds that you have. For instance, here up on the screen, I'm gonna, I'll click back on my feeds. I can scroll down and just see my feeds that are about parenting, all right? And so here are the three, so three different blogs I've subscribed to um, that relate to parenting. I can create one that would be just related to science, or here's one that I have for geography. This is a, another way to be able to look at that content that I've subscribed to and that I want my students to be able to see. Okay, Flipboard aggregates multiple channels. Google Reader lets you create a channel. So it is a, it is a channel with sub-channels. Um, I, 
They're both newspapers that I can customize, but Flipboard can use Google Reader. Okay. Google Reader it's another mall. can be part of Flipboard. So it could be a yeah. sub-mall. It's a sub, there you go. It's a sub-mall. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or we could go just to, but why would I want to have a sub-mall within a mall? Why would I want a mall within a mall? Because you get to customize it. You don't want to be constantly touching your iPad's configurations. Yeah. So on any web browser, you can change what's in your mall by changing what's in your Google Reader. Customize the content in your mall. So Google Reader is a real powerful, and this is another thing that's just happening with mobile applications and the mobile web and stuff like that. Okay, is the purpose of Google Reader is just to bring uh, specific information to you that you've already said ahead of time that you want to know about. Exactly. You have already subscribed to it, and it is delivered to you where, however you access it. It's a constant feed that says, always give me these stores in my mall. Give me the new, the new products. Okay, after those, how many of you are using Google Reader? All right, how do you use it? I just, I don't use Google Reader. Let me uh, point out a Google Alert. How many of you use a Google Alert? Anybody know about Google Alerts? <laughs> I'm not going to turn this into a whole Google workshop, but tools like Flipboard can really amplify other web tools that are very helpful. A Google Alert can be helpful for tracking your child. I met somebody the other day who learned that their child at college had had a car wreck up in another town in Kansas, and they said, how did you know, Mom? Well, I had a Google Alert, and it was... You know, published in the local newspaper. So, are you okay? What happened to you? So, Google Alerts, which is just google.com slash alerts, lets you set a search term for anything that you would want. So, I could put my elementary school. I could put Chisholm Elementary School, um, Oklahoma. And there's different ways to be able to get updates. I can, add, I can get new, everything, news, blogs, video, I'll just leave it on everything. Once a day, as it happens, only the best results. And then I've got delivery options. The delivery options are to my email or to a feed. And a feed is what Google Reader uses. Google Reader lets me subscribe to feeds. So this is a way to subscribe. I, subscri I have created a Google Alert for the word school principal. So anytime in anybody's news article there's something about school principals, I can go in there and take a look. So I also have one for laptop initiatives. You know, the more kind of specific it is, if you're doing research on, come and give me a particular kind of cancer, melanoma, okay? If I'm doing research on melanoma, okay, that's real specific. I can see all the news articles that are coming out about melanoma. It's another way to subscribe. So don't just think that, I have to go to the USA Today, or I have to go to, you know, National Geographic, White House Photos. You can create news feeds that are customized uh, using Google Reader as well. All right, Sarah, are you just nervous? No, I still had a heart attack. Why did you almost have a heart attack? Mm -hmm. Well, because, like, on mine, I can't, like, go into the messages. Mm -hmm. And, like, I have to, like, 
Sharing devices can lead to trauma. All right. So the other point is, uh, the, the, the idea here is Flipboard was one customized mall, okay? Customized information mall. And Google Reader is like a sub-mall. You can go to Google Reader just by itself on the web. The other application that I want to point out to you is called Reader. And I have this link, and it's R-E-E-D-E-R. And Reader is not free. So you're in a school setting. You might not want to look at this as an option. You might stick with the free ones. But it is the best um, customized information mall that I've found to use on my iPhone. So I use this just about every single day. And um, one of the things that I do real frequently, can you find the errors found in this Virginia textbook? I'm always sharing things, okay? There's a choice up here to be able to share things, and one of the choices is to share on um, Google Reader. So when I click when I click this little shared button, all of a sudden that is now in my shared Google Reader items. And it's just with the click. So we want to look at these different tools and think about how we can use them to access information, but we've also got to think about how do we pull it out. And if I've got different kids using different devices, you know, how do I share those? So Reader, R-E-E-D-E-R, best news aggregator, feed aggregator that I have found on my iPhone. Works on the iPod Touch also. I think it's a $3 app. But it... Um, you know, it's, it's another way. I use it as another way to get to my Google Reader. My Google Reader is my number one most important uh, news source right now. And I'll pull this up on the Internet so we can see. One of the nice things, it's $2.99. The nice things iTunes did here a little while ago, Apple did, was they made iTunes pages show on the web before you go to the store. It used to be you'd click the link, oh, I'm off to iTunes in the store. I didn't want to go to the store. I just wanted to see, you know, how much it was. So they've made it now where a web page preview is here, and then if I want to, I can say view it in iTunes. But that is a nice, nice feature that they've done. Okay. Sarah is here, and we'll, enter, we'll uh, put her uh, front and center, and... Sarah is going to talk to us about a texting app, and I bet you all don't know anyone who likes texting, do you? It's just, yeah, right. All right, so Sarah, have a seat, and tell us a little bit about your app, and then um, we will, what I'm, before I was trying to do a screen share with this, I, I apologize that our remote viewers aren't going to have quite as good a view of, of that here on the side, but what Sarah's got on my iPhone is going to show up here on the screen. So, Sarah, tell us how you learned about this texting app. Why are you interested in this? Well, for Christmas, my um, mom and dad gave me um, an inherited iPhone, and um, it's an iPod Touch, and it's always out on airplane mode. But Because um, it doesn't have a SIM card. Right. So what does that mean you can't do without a SIM card? You can't call anyone on it. And um, I learned about it from my friend, Allie, and Allie got a new iPod Touch for Christmas, and um, she learned about it. It is a free app. You get to text on it. You can it. probably use it on an iPad, too. 
Right. Right. And it's called text plus. So this enables you, and this may not be something actually you want to put on your iPads for everybody, you know, at school. But if you've got an iPod Touch, or you have, like we, like we have in our family, passed down an iPhone and not made it an iPhone yet, this is a way to enable texting on the device. Okay. Okay, and um, you get to text free, and it's no charge, but you have to be on an internet connection. So if you're not on an internet connection, it can't work. Okay, it gives you a cell phone number. Right, it gives you a cell phone number. But um, when you're signing in, like it says, if you want your area code, you have to pay for it. Or you can just get a random number, and you don't have to pay for it. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about ages and registrations on sites and how this plays in. So, Sarah, tell us a little bit about that. Because, like I said, this is important stuff to talk about. Right. Okay, well, um, I'm 10, and it said you had to be 13 to go on, but my dad did um, say it was okay for me to come on here, so it's okay, but he said it would be better if he would have signed up, and then I would have gotten to come in. So we've created an account, like for Sarah, like a Gmail account, and the, the law says you need to be 13 to independently create an account. Schools that are using Gmail accounts for students that are younger than 13 are doing that through parent permission for the parents to be able to authorize the creation of the account. Um, so this is just a continuing issue that we're going to run into. I'm sure you all run into it too. Sarah, how many people do you think you know that aren't 13 that have a Facebook account? Three. Three? Okay. So there's a lot, a lot of kids that are doing that. And that, that's an important thing. To talk about, you know. Actually, four. Is at school, we're not going to want to encourage kids to sign up for accounts where they lie about their age. And in general, I would, this gets into parenting and people have different ideas. I think it's good to follow the law and it's good to wait until that age when you're going to, for, for instance, with Facebook. Now, with email, um, you know, I think it's good that we're learning about email, but. That's a whole important conversation because, you know, who do we share our email account with, et cetera. So, Sarah, tell us a little bit about Text Plus. Uh, first, look, t take us through the account settings and talk about privacy and, and that kind of stuff, and then show us how it works. Okay. Well, when you're signing, you can buy this in the App Store. And when you are signing in, you um, have your profile. Let's get over a little bit so that they can they might be able to see this way. There you go. And you have a profile, and, like, it says your stuff, like your name, your birth date, which is not my actual birth date. It's my birth date, but I was born in 2000 and not 1997. Um, but, like, you can choose as other people see it. And I haven't really figured it all out. I mean, I downloaded this app yesterday, so I don't know tons about it. So, yeah. But you turned off the options to display... Uh, in the in the community, in know, my about me, in my age, age hometown. hometown, all that kind of stuff. So, Alexander, what do we see? The name of this app was called something like "Find Other People and Let Them Find You", <laughs> you know, or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> we were joking. Stalking? He stalked. No, um, yeah. not everybody that's online is stalking, but there, of course, are people who are, um, you know. They have malicious and so we want to be safe. When you come in, you can, like, um, 
like when I came in, it said like it said it made me read the privacy policy and everything, and it has rules and things. All right, show us how it works. Okay, well. You can have convos. How many people have you texted? All right, I'll stop. <laughs> I've texted five people, and like four of the people have texted me back. And uh, this one would be my mom, and, you know, I'm not really sure. <laughs> She's up yet. So. But um, I've texted my friend, which is my longest. See? Yes, it's very long. But, yeah, we've been talking... But the fun thing is, I've been talking to my grandmother, and she's been giving me travel updates because she's going down to Angel Fire for um, New Year's, and she's been sending me updates. So, yes. But it was kind of funny. I said, because today's her birthday, and so I said, Happy birthday, Nana. And she says, Who's this? And I say, This is Sarah texting on her new phone. And probably Nana thinks we've activated the phone. Yeah. But again, you know, from a cost standpoint, AT&T is ten dollars to add a line. But if you add an iPhone plan, that's a minimum an extra twenty bucks. You're looking at thirty bucks. You know, this is free. And then I've also kind of been texting Alexander, but he hasn't replied. Because you've been sitting next to me every single. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was really hilarious because I texted my dad, and he said, hey, but then he tried to call me, and when he tried to call me, and he, here, do you want, do you want to try to call me again? No, it's okay, you just tell him. Well, it like said, this is a texting app, and it has someone that doesn't have a phone or whatever, but then it told me that someone called me, so. When I called the number, it said, you've reached a text plus number. To reach this person, send them a text message to get your own, you know, text um, app. You know, go to such and such website. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I just I had text plus installed on my iPhone already, so I sent Colette a message. Hers came up in her just her text regular text window. Yeah. But it had a lot of numbers and gibberish at the beginning of it. If she had text plus installed on her iPhone, would it then? Well. Up? Inside that app. If you have an iPhone, you really don't need this because you just use your text messaging. Unless you wanted to text. Yeah, my dad um, texted me. Have you seen any of the gibberish that she's talking about? I haven't seen any gibberish. I didn't see, I mean, like, my dad texted me. Hi, dad. I texted him, hi, dad, and then she said, hey. And they didn't This is really an app. I think mainly to use if you are, are on a non-phone. Yeah, if you're on an iPad, if you're on an iPhone, iPod Touch, um, because then it lets you, lets you text. Of course, how does it do, do this? It subjects you to advertisements. I don't know how appropriate or inappropriate the ads are. That's always something to watch with those kinds of applications. Um, this is a real popular app. It had over 2,000 reviews in the App Store. And that's something to be aware of, too. We, especially with Windows computers, we have big risks of downloading viruses and malware and bad programs onto our computers. A nice thing about Apple having their app store is they control what gets put in there, and hopefully, you know, malicious stuff doesn't, doesn't get in the store. 
But there's still possibilities for things like, you know, advertisements to meet singles in your area or, you know, do different things and that, that may be part of different applications and things like that that we have. So anybody have a question either from our back channel or from our group here for Sarah about the texting app? Okay, so. Oh, Candace says she can't use it from Canada. Bummer. All right, so if in Asher school, you could do text class if you wanted them to talk iPad to iPad. I would say that's probably a mess. If you had, if you were in your classroom and you had students in the other classroom and you wanted them to work on a group project together, but they are in two physically different classrooms, how about that? Yeah. I would, I would, I would invest my time and in, in energy iPad wise on other things. So we're sharing today apps not only that are specifically appropriate classroom-wise, but other things that are going to be appropriate life-wise. So when you're signing up for this and your children are um, 11 to 10, right. you're saying for the parents to sign up for it and then mm-hmm. just kind of monitor it. Yeah, and you could sign up with an alias, so not using their name, but like Sarah's in the zebra print, she's using kind of as an alias when she signs up. So you could, you could sign up for both of their accounts and... I think that's a good idea with kids to think about passwords. A lot of parents share passwords with my kids. Um, they have their own passwords, but with accounts and things like that, they know that it's open, you know, that dad can see that, mom can see that. So I think open communication is the most important thing about that. But I'd set the account up for them and with them, you know, and then once the account's set up, they're good to so Sarah, you're actually texting to your friends and your grandmother. Yes. We have not seen any inappropriate advertisements. I just wanted to. Would be on here, maybe on the iPad. In the app, so Sarah, bring the app up real quick. At the at the bottom, there are uh, ads that come up. But I think if you may like pay like ninety nine cents or something, it would be app free. I mean. Ad-free. Yeah. Ad-free. So it says, download AT&T Code Scanner. Unlock the world around you. I mean, this is a way that a lot of applications monetize themselves today, is they have a free version, which has ads, and then you pay, you know, usually a dollar or something, but and it, you can get an ad-free version. Yeah, so that's something you might consider. If this is an app that you like a lot, then you, you take the ads off. But by doing that, I mean, that's why they have over 2,000 you know, reviews, they have a free app, a text, they've got a lot of people that have downloaded the app. And um, it's it kind of funny. I mean, I think it's pretty cool. My friend Allie, um, she was, our friend Rachel and Robin moved up to Virginia this year, and um, they were texting about a stink bug that was in her room. It was kind of funny, but they were texting from Oklahoma to Virginia. And they were. There's also another one. Text-free, which had similar. Does it give you a phone number? Yes, and then you have a phone number. This one's a 405 phone number. Cool. All right. Well, please give Sarah a hand for sharing.
Okay, I think we're going to go ahead and take a break now for about uh, 10 minutes. I'll set the timer. We've got coffee, uh, free coffee, tea. It's a make it by the cup over here that's by the fridge, and the bathrooms are over there. So help yourself to water if you'd like. We're going to virtually send you all delicious hot tea over the, the ether waves here. Yes. Uh, and we will be back in 10 minutes to resume. If you've got other questions or comments you want to put in the back channel, go ahead and put those in, and we will check those during our break. Well, both of these are on the map already. These are automatically generated in the list, which I put on the report creator. These are albums. 